0: You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Esfier. Well, hello there, frenemies. Welcome back to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. This week, I'm going to skip the pop culture updates because this is a slightly longer episode that I'm used to. I had Hannah Berner from Summer House on Bravo, and she is so amazing and so funny It was such a good conversation that I just couldn't, I tried to cut the episode down as much as I could, but we covered so many amazing topics and it was such a good episode that I just let it be a longer one this time. We went from lifestyle tips to summer house dramas, you know, little arguments and little disagreements that she had with Lindsay about being a certain age and relationships. And then we moved on to relationships, including a topic that I've been meaning to actually cover on the podcast, which is... There are so many problems in the dating world, one of which fails to be mentioned a lot, and that is the relationship that you have with your family and the way that you've been brought up because it really determines the kind of person you're going to be in your dating life. That said, before we jump into this interview, I would like to remind you all to leave me a review on the podcast. Thank you very much. Some of you have done it. One of my latest reviews by Limitless by Leah says, "Diana asks the realest questions on her pod and talks about what people love best, pop culture, lifestyle, self-care, and the guilty pleasure of reality shows. Definitely a podcast I recommend that keeps you informed and entertained. Thank you so much. I actually linked with her on Instagram a couple of days ago. She was so sweet, so kind, so supportive. I appreciate. Do not be afraid to send me the most twisted of reviews. I actually had someone tell me that they didn't like how many F-bombs I dropped on my podcast and they were kind enough to let me know in my DMs because they didn't want to give me a negative review on the show. Be my fucking guest. You want to leave me a bad review, you go ahead and do so. You know what? That's what reviews are here for. I don't want them to be biased. I want them to be real and transparent, just like everything else on this podcast. I would also like to remind you guys to join the Bitches Sit Together secret Facebook group. We discussed so many things. I was actually thinking about doing a live stream on the Facebook group so we could all chat pop culture and other fun stuff, maybe advice that you want to get or recommendations for episodes. And also do not forget to visit the Webpage for all the lifestyle tips that I mention on the podcast. Without further ado, let's just get into this interview because it was so good. You guys wanted Bravo content. You guys wanted Summer House content, and Mother Teresa of the world is here to provide for you. Oh hi! Oh hi! Yeah, I'm just trying to. Be, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice to my listeners because they ask and they ask, and I never provide. And Give now- the people what
1: they want. Also. I don't give a shit what you talk about. I just want to listen to your voice.
0: that is the long. nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. This is validation at its finest. We can be friends now. good. It took us three seconds. Hannah from Summer House. before we get into all the content of this episode i, I have you heard any of my episodes? Probably not I asked no,
1: I, I did a little I did a little skim, but I saw you in Forbes, so I was like intimidated by you. Oh really well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting the Forbes thing go. I was like, Forbes, excuse me? Um, no, I'm impressed and I'm proud of you because Thank you probably you. didn't imagine hitting Forbes when you first started talking shit.
0: Forbes, what the actual fuck
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, you have to take these moments in life, like yeah, you have big celebrations when something great happens, but like I think these like little exciting things you have to stop and enjoy. Like I'm one of those people who's like, on the grind, I'm on the grind, New York, yeah, crazy, and sometimes, like, little things will happen, and sometimes just, like, have dinner with your friends to celebrate, and I think those, life is so much better when you're not just in the, like, Like 5% of life is like the amazing moments. So then what are you doing the rest of the time? Just being bored? You just have to celebrate the little things.
0: Well, yeah, celebrate because most of our lives, we try to like get the next best thing to happen. We're always like chasing for that better thing. But sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to like sit back and be like, this is actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, give yourself a little pat on the back. Ugh, I wish I was. I'm not that flexible. I'm, <laughs> I'm not I, flexible. <laughs> I actually am. I used to be a dancer back in the day. I always do the tip of the week. This is also a lifestyle podcast. So I get every single one of my guests to share a lifestyle tip, like an app, an item, anything that drastically improves your day-to-day life. I am I know that I might be putting you on the spot so I can start with mine this week if that makes you feel better. Okay, cool. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. This week, I'm going to talk about the Foreo Face Massager because you all know I love a face massage. Because, So I have two. I have the exfoliating one. It kind of vibrates and it gives you like a gentle exfoliation. What I love about it is it's not like one of these brushes that just collects dirt and all your makeup. It's like a silicone massager. So it exfoliates. You can do it with your cleanser with all your makeup on and then you just like rinse it with water and it's great. But I also have the eye massager, which basically looks like a vibrator. And <laughs> what you do is you use it with your eye cream or oil on your face. And it basically like massages your under eye bags. And so it improves circulation. It gives you like lymphat- lymphatic drainage. So I've been using, I literally just flew back from Israel yesterday. It was a 15 hour flight. Oh the, gosh. the guy next to me, Smelled like both of our assholes put together. It was disgusting. No. So I didn't sleep the whole flight. It was just like the nightmare of the century, the smelly guy next to me. And I got back and I had to work. So I used the massager, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, you look so fresh face. Yeah, not fresh face. There you go. That's my tip <laughs> of the week. <laughs>
1: I love that because after a flight, I am a monster. Like,
0: how do people get up? You know, all these like fashion bloggers, like get off the flight, look amazing. Like, how do you do that? Because they're professionals at Facetune. That's a bit, So am I. And it still doesn't cut it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, actually, that's one of my better skills.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. On my Instagram, I will say when I FaceTune a photo because I still look like shit. So I may as well just admit it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
1: like naturally just have bags under my eyes, but it's part of my mysterious, you know. It's like the moody aesthetic. look. Yeah, exactly. It's like dark. You I know? love it.
0: So what's yeah. your tip of the week, Hannah?
1: So as everyone knows, I was a tennis player. Yeah. After tennis, I didn't have, like, a workout that I like to do that didn't – like, I didn't want to get my ass kicked anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: just want something that, like, meant – like, working out for me is mental to just, like, release anxiety, feel better, and not make workouts – working out stressful. Like, I wanted it to be an enjoyable just part of my lifestyle. Right. So I discovered Y7 Yoga. And, like, I'm a hyper-anxious motherfucker. So I – Yoga always bored me, but what's great about Y Seven Yoga is it's hip hop yoga.
0: You know what? I heard about this when I lived in I I lived in New York for a hot second, and everyone fucking everyone does it.
1: And there's a new location in West Hollywood. No
0: way! Oh my gosh! When you come to LA, will you take me?
1: A hundred percent. So what's great about it is you're like doing flows to Biggie Smalls or like Cardi B. They have different themes, and then in between you're doing abs and stuff. So it's just like taking yoga and making it you know kind of modern and cool and also the aesthetic and branding is really fun so it makes you feel cooler than you are when you're there so why 7 yoga if you're in New York or LA is the shit or do it at home put on some hip-hop and then like put on a
0: YouTube video for yoga and like vibe however you want so I'm not a yoga person at all and a bit like you I used to be like a, um, a professional dancer yeah. and when when I stopped dancing I was like I legit I never want to be I don't want my ass kicked every fucking day like it was oh, getting yeah. so You're much
1: traumatized. I call it a gym strike like I didn't work out for a year after tennis because I didn't feel a purpose in the gym I'm like I'm not trying to win a match. I'm a loser now. (laughs) But yoga, everyone's like, I'm either obsessed with yoga or like I'm not a yoga person. And the reason I'm obsessed with yoga and any form of it is because your body's not meant to just stand and sit or walk all day. Like there's different positions that your body needs to be in to like release toxins and like feel strong or, you know, feel calm. And I just think everyone should add it to their.
0: The one time that I actually went to a yoga class, I got kicked out because I couldn't stop laughing because the whole like, Come on yogis. Come on yogis. I was like I cannot. I was like shut the fuck up. I'm not a,
1: I'm not. It also yogi. depends on the person teaching cuz they could annoy the shit out of you or they could like inspire the shit out of you.
0: Exactly. So annoying. I'm not a calm person. I don't have that calm energy about me. I don't want anything to do with your breathing and calling me a yogi and breathing in my face, especially not if you have bad breath. So mm-hmm. I why seven just it, it seems like it will be a good thing for me. I really feel like. So this is a great tip. I actually value a lot of people give me basic bitch tips. I, I appreciate as a twisted tip. This is a great You're tip. You're
1: welcome. I appreciate. I'm here to bring it today. I'm here to bring it.
0: Please bring it, send it as they would say. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Oh Lord. Let's get into that right now. Shall yep. we? Let's get into the interview. Okay, to give everyone a background, Summer House, my favorite show on Bravo. It used to be Vanderpump Rules. You guys, oh my god, all the fucking Vanderpump used to be my favorite too. (laughs) But no, now you're the better show. That's the thing. Oh my god. Oh my
1: god. We well, we used to go in, and in my head, I was like, I'd tell my friends, like, yeah, Vanderpump's by far the best, but like, Summer House is fun. (laughs) And then during the season something magical was happening like the energy was so powerful and the drama was so good and like four weekends in we were like we have a show on our hands
0: i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you like i wasn't so i don't like a newbie on a tv show
1: do you get what i'm saying though no one likes well, the, no that. one likes change and exactly i would argue that danielle gets a lot of you know tough feedback because i think she was like the only new girl last season and yeah. it was easy for me but like i think because i came in with Paige, like
0: there's less attention right on you to hate <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, like but, the group <laughs> but in the beginning because there's so much baggage in history with all the, the other cast members yeah you are like
1: who the fuck are these people yeah i was
0: like who the fuck are these girls they're much younger and Paige really bored me at the beginning because she's like the good girl you know what I mean? She's like, good girl. I don't want to hook up with someone. I was like, what are you doing? Like this is summer house. I want to see you hook up with every single person (laughs) in the house. I know. And now I am so invested in her drama with Carl. I'm like, shit, I've bitched about her so much on the podcast. Now I actually want to have her on the show. No one likes a new guy. And then I heard you on Alyssa's podcast. And I was like, I need this girl on my (laughs) podcast. Oh yeah. Well,
1: especially if you're judging someone purely from the episodes and you have your own experiences, you can like project onto them. Um, It's so funny, the different feedback I get, like some people message me and they're like, if you talk about tennis one more time, I want to kill you. And then I get like tons of messages of, of former athletes, dancers, whoever being like, wow, thanks for being vulnerable on TV and, you know, making me feel connected to you. Like I went on the show being like, what can I talk about myself that I'd want people to be able to connect with and possibly help someone? Well, yeah, it's
0: what you can bring to the table. You have different
1: experiences than all these people. Exactly. And let's be honest, as like a professional dancer or professional athlete, it's like an, an ego boost and people would talk about me like, oh, Hannah, the tennis player. So me coming out and revealing that it actually was like, extremely extremely difficult and I was suffered from a lot of performance anxiety and it fucked me up for a long time and it it was really hard for me and my dad like was big for me but I felt like if I'm gonna go on reality tv I want to fucking show some darkness and some authenticity
0: I want yeah before we get dark I want to rewind a little bit so obviously you Paige and Jordan I, is that his name he bugs me on the show and I know like he really bugs me come on the show if you'd like Jordan bugs me
1: it's <laughs> it's funny because we're still like does he bug people in the way that they want more or does he bug them in the way that they want tell the truth the
0: tell us what's up are you gay are you a virgin nobody cares this is entertainment yeah. we love so the- it's 2019 let's go Let's go. Just be honest with us. He's obviously lying about something. I don't know what it is, but if well, you're going to be... A, yeah,
1: when you're lying so much, you're clearly trying to cover a truth. Yeah, when which is
0: fine. If you don't want... This is reality TV. So if you are trying to cover something, you should say, I do not feel comfortable talking about this right now. It is not... It does not make me feel good. And people aren't going to dig so much into it, trying to find out what the fuck it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, but they he will. never said that he... What he's hiding, I mean, or that he's hiding something. I don't think
0: he knows that he's hiding something. It just bugs me, and it also bugs me that he made Danielle feel shit along the way because of it. Do you know what I mean? It almost, he's like, he
1: never really talks bad about anyone. Like, I've known him for two years. I feel like he was trying hard to be cool and didn't realize that he was coming off like a Fucking douchebag, and he was trying to just be like, Oh, I'm a cool model, and I'm like,
0: No, you're disrespecting like an incredible woman. Uh, Two, and also, can I just say, I don't think he looks like a model. (laughs) Look, I'm not attracted to
1: models. Oh, sorry, my mom's calling. Oh, hi, mom. (laughs) Oh, wait, okay, sorry,
0: that was aggressive. No,
1: no, I'm not attracted to to models. I don't want a guy who who tries to be prettier than me or puts more effort into his looks. I don't
0: want a guy with smaller thighs than mine. Oh God, no! Can you imagine? Like, cannot, cannot do that. I just think it's too much. It's too much yoga, which we've already like said. I'm not about that life. It's too much. He loves the face mask. Yeah, I was going to say, too many face masks. It's too much grooming. I like my men more rugged. But oh yeah, I want them to look like they could take a punch. Oh my gosh, that's like for me. me. (laughs) You you haven't listened to my podcast, but my number one criteria for a guy: you need to be able to assemble furniture. If you look (laughs) like you are afraid to damage your manicure assembling furniture like fuck no not i feel like so many guys in la are so beautiful but
1: so not my type i went there for the first time last week and like the new york guys are a lot more rugged slash more out of shape (laughs)
0: should i move to new york i prefer i prefer meat on my men see i don't like a super chisel i don't like someone who's ripped i prefer a guy who's bigger built and has you know a bit of a bit more meat i mean it's great for cuddling i I I like a cuddler i think it's i think
1: it's vain when guys have too good of a six pack i'm like fucking live a little. And I, as an athlete, like we're surrounded by guys who are just fit. So I never put the six pack on the pedestal to me. It's like, I just want a good person who cares about me more than his abs, and has, abs a sex,
0: and has sex appeal because that is the most important. And to me, Jordan doesn't have as much sex appeal as like, for example, Carl, who's more out of shape and who's like, I lost my job. But to me, he's more manly. He's also six five. So Oh, see, I've never yeah. seen him in person, but yeah, that's pretty cool too. That that said, so you guys were brought onto the show together and you all work in the same place. So my question to you is kind of, was this was this a planned thing? Like, is this Betches just trying to get some Bravo coverage? Like, how did the casting process happen? Because you guys are younger than the rest of the house mm. and the rest of the cast. So is this like a forced situation where you, ch- you just were kind of pushed there? Like, I just want the truth about this situation. Yeah,
1: it's funny because, I mean, I'm 27. Like, I'm not... A spring chicken, and what is Lindsay's like thirty one or thirty two now? And like, I have a lot of friends who are in the the early thirties. I feel like after twenty five, we're all like, okay, life sucks. Let's like try to. But you guys don't make
0: a point. Like the 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 other people are much younger than you. Yeah, I didn't. It's funny because when we were filming, Lindsay never
1: made like any comments about us being immature to our face. (laughs) Uh, Right. So like, I didn't. I didn't, I mean, her and Danielle are, like, fucking dancing in their room all night. Like, I didn't know there was a maturity difference happening. Um, I know that we, like, some of us are better at handling emotions
0: 100%. or handling
1: alcohol. But 100%. I don't think it, it, ha- it has to do with age. Like, the, what happened with us? Oh, yeah. And then, like, we'll make comments about, like, Lindsay being older.
0: But oh, I was going to ask you about this later on. I was going to ask you about oh, this later on. Okay. Yeah, but because I guess I talk- called you out on Instagram because of it. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't see it. Lindsay I that- it. What did you say? Um, I was like, oh, myself. I no, no, but I'm not a tech. Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm into it. <laughs> I, so my question was, you didn't want to in, end up like Lindsay at her age. Oh, and yeah. to me, cause I'm 30 yeah. and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with us? 30 year old women, like, working who don't need to be defined by a man I, w- w- did you mean like because she's single like what is so what I meant by that comment um I'm trying to go
1: back to like that was like third episode or something but I meant from that comment I basically was like because Lindsay was like making fun of how I'm flirting and like me not being gr- like girly enough and I basically was like it was less about age and it was more like, we're in the same situation. We're both fucking single. So don't come at me telling me right. that like, I'm not, not the girliest.
0: Enough. I don't think Len- Lindsay's the most girliest of all. Like I, I think
1: when I said that like at her, I just said like at her age at the end and it made people think that I was like talking about like, how dare she be at her age be single. But I was, I more just was like, at your age, you're in the same position as me. So don't try to tell me what to do. Or don't tell me I'm not so, good but enough. You
0: mean relationship-wise? Because like when I look at Lindsay, I'm like, cool girl, friends with the guys, like badass career bitch. It just to me, I like I look up to her in a way. Like I, yeah, I mean,
1: well, she had made the comment that like I don't know how to flirt and I don't know right. how to handle myself, and I was like, girl, we're both single, like so don't act like because you're older, you know more than me because you haven't figured love out either. So like don't.
0: But I got to good agree at what with I that. I do. See, now that you explain it, this is why that's I love having men. people on the podcast. But well, so- it's
1: funny. I got a lot of like remarks about age, and like I'm like I'm 27 and I had a conversation about freezing my eggs. Like, I don't give a fuck about men. <laughs> I literally mm-hmm. am just obsessed with my career and loving myself, and I feel the right man will come. I agree um, with you 100%. So, like, that's why I think when people just heard the age part, it like triggered people being like, whoa, there's nothing wrong with being 30 and single. I'm like, there's nothing wrong, but don't tell me that I'm bad at flirting when you're single too just because you're older doesn't mean you could tell me
0: shit. 100%. And also I think for like m- people like me and people like, um, Lindsay, it-, it hit a nerve because I'm exactly, do you know exactly. what I mean? Cause I'm like 30 and I'm single. And I'm like, does this mean that I suck for being 30 and single? No,
1: I fully expect to be 30 and single. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, my thing was like, I actually am very confident with like how I carry myself and how I speak to, people and like I love flirting with men I think it's the most fun thing so when she was like Hannah like I need to teach you how to flirt like a girl I was like go fuck yourself like what are you talking about I think you flirt
0: like a boss bitch to, to, to be honest with you
1: I, I think oh thank you I mean I have fun with it like I'm not even attracted to a lot of the guys but I love just like having fun with flirting it's, you're less dramatic to-
0: about it if you look at all the other people in the house the way that they're flirting and the way that they're making it into a problem every time it's, yeah. it's not working out for them.
1: Yeah. And I think in that moment, Lindsay was trying to act like a mean mom or something. And I was like, bitch, don't tell me that I'm not good at something when you're not good at it either.
0: So Agre- agreed. Like, <laughs> Sorry,
1: And I think that there was pressure in like, like people are trying to make the age thing a thing. So like I'd answered a lot of questions and I think it just like was added, but I never was like, I think the statement could have been taken many different ways, but I well, at least I TV. was not like Hello. she's thirty-one and like she's single, which is embarrassing. That was not what I was saying at all.
0: I at just at the end of the day, it's reality TV. Like you can interpret it in all the ways that you want. You don't know the backstory. This is why I love having people on the podcast because I don't want to be the troll behind my computer who like like I critique reality TV. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's my favorite coping mechanism. But I don't want to be the I don't want to be the anonymous troll. I'd rather face the people that I criticize. I'm so against
1: this like cancel culture of like someone says something problematic and then you're just like, fuck them. I'm unfollowing them. I'm not having them on my podcast. I I like to be like, okay, let's learn. Let's talk to each other and see what their experiences caused them to think the way they did. And yeah, I mean- I'm in New York city. Everyone is 31 and single. And that means you're doing well. <laughs> and if you happen to have found someone, it's normally from college and it's
0: like, congrats. <laughs> or if you found someone, they're cheating on you. But that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll go into that later. We'll get into that later. I need to know how you guys got brought onto the show. Oh, I oh my think, God. Sorry. Okay, I th- I feel like it's just Betches trying to get onto Bravo.
1: Okay. So Betches actually wanted no part of any of it.
0: No way. So I got the whole thing notice,
1: wrong. Notice how like they're... They're never said on the show. But, but they do – they comment on
0: Vanderpump Rules and Bravo all the time.
1: They love Bravo. I worked for them for two years, and I've interviewed everyone at Bravo. But when someone within them had the opportunity, it, 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 they didn't like that.
0: So what happened with, like, all you three being like, I need well, to understand?
1: I think that, like, if the summer house was going to bring, like, a group of people in – I think it made more sense that like we knew each other and it wasn't like a bunch of randos, mm-hmm. um, and it made the house more fun immediately when we came in because it's not like everyone trying to meet each other and we'd known each other in social circles. But actually, Paige was in talks. And then randomly I was in talks, but like my name was thrown around because people knew me and then Paige's name was thrown around. And then they were like, oh my God, you both work for Betches because but um, Paige freelances, so she's never in the office, but obviously we're connected. And then mm-hmm. they were like, oh my God, is there anyone else that like would want to like be part of the house? So jo- so I was like, well, I sent a couple names in and like Jordan had known some people and also Jordan is a character and then it all kind of made sense for us three and um, basically we we all don't work for Betches anymore oh you Uh, don't and we it may or may not be because of the show
0: (laughs) oh really well I know that you don't anymore but I didn't know that Paige stopped working there
1: yeah they um basically were like yeah we're not doing fashion articles anymore that's what they told her
0: really yeah are they fucking kidding can i just say at the beginning of the show i was hating on Paige because she was so goody two shoes but she does give us a look and that is what that is why i like watching her because she gives us a look every time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i follow her instagram now because i like her looks she is like
1: helped me with my looks because the most stressful thing is imagine you get on a reality tv show and they're like okay like it's 11 weekends and you need a look good the whole time. I have a wardrobe of a normal person who wears like the same outfit three times a week. Like, yeah, that's me too. So I was like, fuck. And I like Paige helped me go shopping. And I mean, I barely pulled it off. And also I didn't have money. Like I don't have that kind of money to just invest into like a high fashion wardrobe. So Paige helped me like pick like stuff that was affordable from like Zara and H&M and like some highbrow stuff. And She helped me so much. But yeah, her fashion is so good.
0: So what do you guys all do? Does Jordan not work at Betches anymore either? So Jordan doesn't work at Betches either. So what do you all do now?
1: So I actually am like doing my own stuff for brands because I was a video producer where I like write and I produce, direct, act, and edit the videos. So I was like, why not just do it on my own? You
0: know that the same thing happened to me. That's kind of why I, I could really relate when you were on Alyssa's podcast because... I also was like working for a big media company online and then I developed my personality. I did my own thing. I was a bit more controversial and now I just do my own things freelance.
1: Yeah. And I learned so much from Betches and like I learned, I worked with companies like Netflix, Dunkin' Donuts, Philosophy and, you know, alcohol companies. And I I was doing it from A to Z. No, I had no boss in video department. So I was like, I could just do this on my own. And then... I also fell in love with doing my podcast, Burning in Hell, which is um, a comedy mental health podcast. And I knew that the universe was just kind of pushing me away from, not that they were corporate, but having a boss.
0: You had the skills to do it on your own. You just needed the confidence to just say, you know, I can do it for myself.
1: Exactly. And I'm a workaholic. Like As a a former athlete, you put so much pressure on yourself. You don't always need someone breathing down your neck. So I was like, why don't I just make my own money, do my own thing? And it's so freeing. And I just love being entrepreneurial right
0: now. Going into a tennis match, going into a performance, you don't know really what's going to happen. And I like the thrill of that. So I love starting my week and it, it, it is stressful and it causes me all the Some meltdown. people
1: hate it. Yeah. Some people hate it, but I would rather the unknown than knowing how your day is going to be for the rest of the, the year.
0: Yeah. Because you're always going to give it your all and you're always going to give it your best. So you'll always have an amazing takeaway from anything that you do. And the connections I've been
1: making, like obviously vetches I made great connections that helped me like start my podcasts. And I met tons of comedians and reality TV people. But now like, for example, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast with you. I go to coffee with other entrepreneurial friends and millennials are so into connecting, especially female millennials right now where we're just like, Oh, come on my podcast, do this, do that. And we're growing together. And Uh once you get a, a group of bad bitches around you, you all just like the more one of them succeeds, the more it motivates you to succeed and you help each other. I don't know. I'm all, I'm all pumped up right now.
0: No. And I love that you had this discussion with Alyssa. I keep referencing back to that podcast because I never listen to an hour podcast and I listen <laughs> to the whole thing. Oh my God. So yeah, you guys listen to the publicity podcast. It's crazy. Yeah. Why did you listen to the whole thing? Why do you well, think? I don't know. Thanks for putting me on the spot. I'm a terrible interviewer. Like- no, but I, I love that. So <laughs> Can you tell I'm an interviewer? <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking love it. It's because like, I'm also a female, like running my own business in a sense. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know if I could call it that yet, but Girl, I just you like, it
1: for it. you can call it that now.
0: Uh, thank you. <laughs> but, but I love it because For example, Alyssa, which I love, like I comment on her photos. I like all her photos. I listen to all her podcasts. Essentially me and her, we do the same thing. Like I'm on Instagram. I produce content for people. I have a podcast. I have pretty much all the same guests that she has on her podcast. And in another industry, people would call that competition, but me and her, we were on each other's podcast. I bought her merch, like Anything that she d- does, I appreciate all the hard work that she puts into it. So I make sure to always support it, even though she's not one of my close friends. We literally just met on social media oh because well, because you, get, you get her grind. And also there's yeah. enough room for the both of you. Yeah. Well, it's proof of concept that this is how I see it. Like if she does something and people listen to it, obviously we, we, I I didn't know about her when I started, but if we're doing something similar, the people that listen to her might want to listen to me as well. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be exactly. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And also, I really like her. She's fucking cool. Like, I don't know why would I make this person my enemy when essentially we think the same things and the reason why we like the same things is because we have all those things in common.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, you're both different too. Like, you have similar interests, but... You are two different people and it's great that you two have learned from each other to make each other better.
0: So when I heard your podcast with Alyssa, I was like, you you like changed my perspective on the money talk as well, because... I am European from an English background and we don't mm-hmm. talk about money. I was the one who used to bitch on my podcast. Like, if someone asks me how much this, does this cost, I got offended. I was like, well, what? Like, do you, do you want me to send you my blood results as well? Like, fuck oh,
1: yeah, because you're
0: taught that it's rude. But sometimes it is rude. Yes. But I, the wrong time, it can be very rude. <laughs> it can be so rude. Like, when people are like, oh, you're an online creator, like, how do you make money? Like, that's rude to me. It like it's insinuating that I'm just having fun and getting my nails done instead of actually producing and sitting for five hours. It's editing. Con- that's just condescending. Yeah. Yeah. Condescending. But you changed my perspective because I used to get so defensive when people talk to me about money. Do you know what's but- so funny?
1: When I first started to get followers, I straight up was like, Alyssa, how much do you charge for posts? And she like sent me her deck. <laughs> like, cause she, it doesn't take away from her and I was just like, I want to know what I'm worth.
0: It, it came from a place of trying to learn the business. So that's different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah, came exactly. from that place. Like whenever podcasters or other influencers ask me like, how would you deal with this? How do you do that? Like, obviously we all share the information with each other, yep. but it just changed my perspective. So I, I don't remember what your question was, but this is why <laughs> I was like, I need this girl on my podcast because Aww. as much as I love a sassy bitch and I don't like to be a preacher, mm-hmm. this was value to me. I like
1: to less preach and more just talk about my experience. And if people connect with it, great. And if you don't, then you have other experiences, and that's cool too. What do you think of the British boys on Summer House?
0: <sighs> <laughs> I was actually gonna move on to dating, but thank you for taking it. You're a great. I can, I
1: can sense it. I can sense the shift. But I, once you said. <laughs> When she said British, I was like... Because I brought some England to the Hamptons.
0: Like, why didn't you bring me... I want to go to the Hamptons. <laughs> you can next summer. No, but, yeah, but, no, but I don't want to be on TV because I literally... I was talking about this with Sheena the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was on TV, I would be the most hated motherfucker on the TV show. That's the problem. with me. <laughs> And I don't know if I can take that much hate. I don't know how you guys do it. But, <laughs> oh. but the guys... Okay, really, really attractive. See, when I moved to LA, I completely dismissed, denied. I was like, I don't want an English boy. I need to find myself an American. So many
1: English and Australian dudes in LA.
0: There are. And I literally was like, I want nothing to do with these guys. I want to go for an American bro. I mean, my guilty pleasure is an American bro. Let's not lie to ourselves. Why? I don't, I find them so sexy. Okay. (laughs) You're like, fuck, no.
1: Oh no, no. It's just interesting because I'll talk to... I actually I love an Australian accent. British accents never really did it for me. They make me feel like they're better than me, and then they're or they're like a Bond villain, like guys. Yeah, and like, I also I feel think like they're condescending. Australians
0: are annoyingly happy all the
1: time, and I'm like, oh, what is it?
0: they so fucking happy.
1: Are so wild and ratchet. Like I've dated an <laughs> Australian, and he would like he would like chug a beer in the shower, and I would just be like, what? Are, it's a Tuesday. Like what's happening? And they're always happy, and I think they're just too wild for me um so it just bugs me that they're always happy what is it that makes you all like ha- and the happy? brits what's funny is dave british I, by the way i don't call him british dave because he's just because he's british my roommate's name is dave so when i <laughs> talk about him i'd go dave and i go which dave so i go british dave so it just stuck that's I mean, fine like, say look british, look
0: dave. british
1: person <laughs> so british dave he would always say americans are so annoying with like how happy they say like hello and stuff and like they get really happy about stupid things <laughs>
0: being like a, a foreigner in LA, the, the, Oh my gosh, how are you? You look amazing. Really bugs yes, me. Yes, That's what he says. It's like, Oh my God, how are you? Like, I don't look amazing. I don't like, I have under eye bags. One of my <laughs> lashes falsies has fallen off. Do not tell me that I look amazing. Also, if I walk in, walk into a store, do not tell me, Oh my gosh, are you a model when my jean size is not the smallest <laughs> jean size in the store? Thank you very oh, much.
1: So- British guys in America say that, like, American girls, they do so much better with because American girls are just, like, accent where British girls are not impressed by their accent.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, not impressed. But so I was all about the American bros. Yes, and then like Carl. Well, yeah, but he's not my type. But, yeah, I have a very specific type. What is it? What's your type?
1: English. I, like, <laughs> no, it's so funny. I, like, don't even like foreign dudes. I, like, I like athletes who are, like, above six two and like have a good sense of humor but are a little shy and I like like strong noses. That's him and I love blue eyes. Like if you have blue eyes I'm done.
0: Yeah like I I like I like, like baby face but like big nose. If anyone in summer house would be my type just to give you an indication mm-hmm. um I, I, I would like to say Kyle. He's a little too like he is he is a little pretty boy even though his face
1: isn't um <laughs> like he's just like a strong face but he's like put together really well I think it would be a mixture between Carl and Kyle but but, but not I think the show or. needs one more hot straight dude let's be honest
0: a hundred percent I don't know how to describe it my if I could basically my celebrity whole pass is Patrick Dempsey mm. I don't know how to explain he has such it's funny because
1: Patrick Dempsey like has a little British look to him to me
0: Maybe. Maybe.
1: i do just know meant why. to be an guy. Wait, so, that, that, that's okay. I mean, the culture is so different, but I also find that British guys love funny women. I but think it's because I mean. you guys have great humor. So that's why I think Dave really liked me.
0: So that's why I really liked them because as I was saying before, I was like American bro. And then I went on all these dates and I was like, shit, like I'm the one carrying the conversation. Well, Dave time.
1: says that American guys have shit chat hundred percent. So anyone listening, British people, I love... American people don't have the concept of, like, chat, which means, like, your skill of conversation. And I really... Like, he would always be like, oh, that, that bloke has shit chat. Chat is important. And chat is something that I loved about me and Dave because even though he was very nervous when we were filming and he said he turned into a shy little kitten where Max oh. was more out. <laughs> Max was more out. Dave legit texted me and was like, I look like a shy kitten the whole episode.
0: These guys had game. That is what I'm trying to say. Well, like, I brought some
1: quality blokes up in this bitch. Like, well, yeah. Like, like if you were gonna cast the way you casted i need to change it up because i was bored after that like third party where there was no
0: talent well yeah was, like, like when when you've seen the guys drink dancing wearing a mullet wearing like okay now i need like i need some sass okay carl used to have that i will give him that but this year it's like Moni, Moni, carl i love Paige. Yeah. i don't have a job and like he kind of lost that this season which i still yeah. think he's great but it. Like this season he was like a a lost puppy. So you brought some game back into the game, which I appreciate. So I thought even though he did come across like maybe a little bit more discreet because he's not a reality TV personality. These these guys know what's up. And they they were were afraid
1: that they were going to, okay, they were afraid they were going to get fired. And I was like, please just come. It'll be fun. Like at first, well, okay, I played it well because in the beginning he knew I was filming and I was like, I don't really want to bring you in this whole scene. Like So I kind of at first was like, no. And he didn't even ask, but I was like, I just don't want you to. And then finally I was like, just come through. It's going to be a crazy party. They come and they're like, we don't want to get in trouble with consultants, with a job. And I was like, just don't fuck or fight a cast member. That's why I tell everyone who doesn't want to be on camera, I'm like, don't fuck or fight a cast member. That's a good Then Max tweet. goes and fucks Danielle like a hundred times. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I was like, you? I, would, I didn't want to say in case like I was going to fuck <laughs> it. Later. I was like, um, this guy did not listen to your advice no, at
1: all. No, no. So it was cracking me up because Dave was like, oh, we got so drunk last night. I think Max had sex because they party. And I think like, that was the most explicit sex scene we had ever oh, seen on my House, by god! That. Like Oh like It was like watching a car wreck like you didn't want to watch but you had to watch and like you could see him thrusting inside (laughs) of her and I was like oh and Dave was cracking up because they have their friends from like England hitting them up now and Max apparently is telling
0: everyone that it's not him and they're like we know it's you it's 100% him (laughs) it's so fucking funny I was like great advice bitch but that guy did not take your advice but they're just like They are
1: so smooth, those two. So I knew if I brought Max that, like, he would stir up some shit because he's so likable and charming. And And he's so good looking.
0: I would – I'm down. I'll introduce you. Well, Um, no. He's with – oh, I don't know if he's with Den. Like, I don't
1: don't, – We'll see. But I feel like him and Dave are very different too. Like, Dave's, like – Dave's – well, Dave's 6'6". That's why I was attracted to Yeah, but to
0: Dave him. is smooth as fuck. Like, oh he God. was so sweet with you, but not thirsty. This is no. what I was going to say about men nowadays. Like, with Americans, they're, they're either just, like, players and they just play you. Like, they're basically Carl. It's either I'm a fucking player. Or they're
1: annoying up. and obsessed
0: with or you. Or they're annoying and obsessed and then you want nothing to do with them. You know what's funny?
1: I thought I was fucked up because I'd only date guys who I felt like I was chasing and they weren't, they weren't making me feel like my, like, coolest best self or guys who, like, I'm settling for that I make my slaves. But 100%. then I realized I think some guys just don't know how to just be cool. And these where- guys are
0: English. There's a trust- are you guys dating, by the way, now? Can I can can you tell me? I cannot confirm or deny. Can I just say the way that you're talking about him, you're 100% dating him. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you give me an answer
1: or not. I wasn't yeah. born yesterday. The story of me and Dave is... I got out of my like shitty ass breakup and he was like the first guy I matched with on like Hinge or something. And then he basically broke up with me before we started, we went on our first date because we'd been texting a lot because British guys love funny text banter. And, right. You know, that's my prime time. And girls too. Yeah. My prime time. I'm like the friend that people are like, what do I say? And I'm like, I got this. Um, That's why I was offended by Lindsay. But anyway, um, (laughs) so Dave basically sent me this whole long paragraph because he is emotional. Like, British guys can be a little like bumbling, like blah, 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 blah. But he was like, I'm not ready to go on a date. I just broke up with my ex and I don't, I could really tell I like you and I'm not ready to like do anything serious. And I was like, yeah, and that that made you like him more. hundred oh, percent. So I was like, Hey, like I totally get it. Um, but like, I just wanted to drink cause I'm in the same position too. And I felt like, and he was like, okay, let's go. So it really didn't take much convincing. Then we were, we literally <laughs> break up and be on and off. He, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he was, he wasn't like, he was into me, but you could tell he was so closed off, which made me like him a lot. Yeah. And finally I got frustrated after like a month and a half. And you like jabbed on him. <laughs> And because, well, he wasn't like, he just wasn't as into me as I wanted him to be. So I started fucking an Australian dude who, who <laughs> played, who was a professional rugby player. And that got him hooted because he loves rugby because British guys love rugby. Yes. Yeah. And that's like his ultimate. He was like, oh, are you, are you with an Australian? Oh my God. Are you with an Australian? So I ignored him for like two months. And then the Australian guy was just too wild for me. Please tell and- me that when you were
0: fucking the Australian, you made him shut the fuck up.
1: The Australian guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, oh, (laughs) I don't they uh, i just can they all own ca- they all own cafes in new york i don't understand why they love brekkie i can stereotype forever but so then i break up with australian and suddenly dave is a new man he's like i don't know why i lost you. do you like my british accent i don't know I why it, like i didn't it. see it in the beginning like i clearly want to get to know you better and then the show started and we were just in a weird place but i knew he liked me and then i was like okay fine we'll do it on national tv let's see what happens so
0: now that you've confirmed that you're in a relationship with him, let's um let's move on to dating. Okay. <laughs> by the way, I know a lot of people in press. That's definitely going to get picked up by someone. <laughs> Hello, breaking news here, live from the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. Sue me, I don't give a shit. What was I going to say? Bravo is going to fucking kill me.
1: Um, anyway. no, no, I'll get in trouble. You won't. You're fine.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay, fine. I won't put that out there. But maybe I will.
1: Oh, yeah. Whatever I say I said, I own up to it.
0: So about relationships, I want to get deeper, darker, more twisted on this episode with you because I feel like I can. I really like that chat you had with your dad when you're like... The, the relationship that you have with your dad really determine how your dating life was going to turn out. And I kind of want to talk about this because a lot of people talk, when you talk about dating on podcasts with people, everyone's like, this is what's wrong with guys. This is what, what's wrong with girls. Not saying there's anything wrong with your dad, but a lot of people fail to mention, what is, your, what is the role that you have in your family? What is the relationship that you had with your parents? Because this is going to determine the kind of dating life that you have in the future.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I have a tweet that I said that went viral. It says, um, dating is basically finding someone whose parents fucked them up in a compatible way to how your parents fucked you
0: up. I saw that tweet and that meme and I think it's all over Instagram now. It definitely went viral. <laughs>
1: and it's like it's real I think it really hit home for a lot of people. I was, you know, I had a lot of attention in my family because I was on this like crazy tennis endeavor where I was like getting sponsorships and high rankings and like mm-hmm. and the, so the, I had a lot of like attention that but it wasn't always good like sometimes I just wanted to like be mediocre and just exist but it was like a constant like I was always performing but I had this high of like oh my
0: god I want to become a professional tennis player the same thing yeah. happened to me when I was a performer 100% can relate to that
1: so, like, you have this high that you're, like, have a purpose in life, but then you also are constantly in this pressure cooker. And there's never, like, and tennis is the kind of thing, like, dance, where you can't just, like, take a week off and perform well. Like No, my dance teacher used day. to say
0: any class that you've missed is a class you'll never get back. Yeah, they drive you insane. And so when people,
1: like, still go about tennis, I'm, like, I literally played six days a week since I was eight years old to 22. It affected me. <laughs> and no, I had to go to therapy to like understand. Um, I had a lot of voices from different people, not just um, my own psycho voices, but like, you know, my dad telling me something, my coach telling me something. And you're always like, be coachable, um, do whatever people say. So then-
0: So then that transferred into your relationships, you tried to be what they needed you to be. Exactly. Because I'm like, I
1: what's what do you want a girlfriend to be? Because I can be it. How high do you want me to jump? And then you- I also like had trouble understanding my own voice because from a very young age, I was determined to be a professional tennis player and I never questioned that until I was like 22. And I was yeah, like... You're,
0: you're like a trained robot that's basically yes. programmed to they like, train respond you, to like, your cattle. Like yeah. I played um, full
1: scholarship for University of Wisconsin and you're on a full ride. If you do anything wrong, they take away hundreds of thousands of dollars from you. So you're yeah. literally just like, what do I have to do every day? So it's been, it's the kind of thing that I had to, address how my mind works to understand the voice of what i want in a man and what i deserve and also i i'm so bad at understanding my emotions because tennis if who cares if it you're suppresses so- your emotions completely. Oh, yeah when they're like are you nervous
0: are you sore?" you're like nope i'm great you lie to yourself so much it's so fucked up because i was like a songwriter for a while i was a singer like i wasn't in, heavily involved in like performing arts and music and what happens is when you're in the studio, they're like, you need to throw up every emotion that you're feeling right now. So you do it in the studio, but then when it comes to action, and, and and I'm sure they do the same with you with tennis and training. They're like, you know, that rage, that fire that you have, put it all in your training. But then when, when it comes to the match or the performance, anything that you feel, any emotion that you have has to be suppressed because it's all about how you can contain those emotions and make yourself the most, like, it's just all about the performance basically. Yep.
1: Yep. And tennis, tennis is a weird sport because you're alone. So you have like no coaches. And it's the one sport where you see people talk to themselves like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch tennis, like even Andy Murray, you'll just see him like talking to the crowd the whole time and mumbling to himself and breaking rackets. Like it brings out this psychotic side to you. But I, ac- I actually had an article written in ESPN when I first started Summer House because um, someone reached out. They knew I played tennis and they saw me on Summer House. And I basically was like, This is easy compared to the drama I dealt with with tennis. Like, Lindsay doesn't scare me compared to the, like, huge scary Russian bitches that I had to play.
0: (laughs) Trust me, any bitch that sends me an Instagram comment will never be as scary as those crazy motherfuckers in the changing rooms trying (laughs) to break your knees so you're not the lead role. Like, let me tell you about this.
1: Like, think about in tennis, you call your own lines until you're, like, playing in college or professional. So we're, like, 17-year-old girls with college coaches watching and it's, like, 30-40 and they call out my serve that's on the line for me to lose the match and they cheat me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still traumatized by that shit. But anyway, fast forward to, like, my relationships – when I performed well, my family loved me more. So therefore, when I was like with a guy, I felt like I had to be more than who I am. And I got caught in like a relationship where I was just doing everything to be like loved by this man who had his own issues that I wasn't seeing that were so not compatible with mine. And I lost my voice and I felt for the first time, really not myself And it brought me into a bad depression. I got a lot of anxiety. Your body will tell you when you're in a bad place. And I got out of the relationship, did like two, a year and a half of like therapy where I realized like I still had shit to work out with my dad. I had to start listening to my own voice. I had to understand that my intuition is right about things. And I had to start change my self-talk because I was just hearing voices of not being good enough as a kid and all the criticizing you deal with doing a high-performing like sport or anything so after that reality tv fell in my lap and I was like you know what this all happened for a reason and I'm finally mentally prepared and know who I am to put myself out there a
0: and b talk about the shit I've overcome is that in my house I think I think it's yours I'm so sorry well, it was your whole life. And I think that, that that's why I'm asking you this question about what role were you playing in your family and what was your relationship like with your dad or whatever, because these things shape you. So if someone is trying to get to know you, if someone is reading an article about you, if someone is trying to find stuff out about you, like this is yeah. why you're reacting the way you're reacting now towards men and everything. And obviously people are watching you on TV, so they want to fucking know. So stop complaining.
1: It's and so it's fun. also like, I didn't play two matches in high school. Like I literally played, like it was my biggest relationship ever. Talk. And it, it's, there's a reason you are in your career, the way you are. And part of it's because of the shit you went through in dance.
0: That's what I was going to say. You know, when you said reality TV fell into my lap, well, mm-hmm. reality TV was your chance to like speak your voice and speak up and be yourself, which you were never allowed to fully be. Oh my God. You're giving me the chills.
1: You're so right. And it's the first time too, like now that I've gotten into comedy and video production where I'm, I've realized I can perform without anxiety. With tennis, I always had anxiety. So just because I was really good at it, it still
0: wasn't- It doesn't mean it was right for you. It was exactly. not right for you. And so, I had the same yeah. thing. I was anxiety, like losing my voice before a show. I needed cortisone shots before, before oh a show. God. And when I started this podcast, I was so controversial. I thought people are going to hate me. People are going to criticize me. But the thing is that when your emotions have been so suppressed for so long because of what you do... Yeah. Here's the thing you become a very good observer. So when you actually come out of this, which is what we did, you've observed so much that even though you say the most fucked up shit on TV <laughs> or on a podcast, you have the substance to back it up.
1: You're so right. And I think some people will be like, hey, I'm still talking about tennis. And it's like, you know what? I own who I am, and that's me. So I'm totally cool that you don't want to hear about me. And it's a part of me that I didn't understand for a long time why I like, I'm like, why did the universe make me do this thing that like ultimately didn't make me happy for so fucking
0: long? When I started therapy a bit like you got out of a super abusive relationship and Mm -hmm. lost myself, didn't have a voice. Like if you heard me talk back in the day when I was in that relationship, you would not recognize me because now I speak up before I did not speak up. The first thing that my therapist asked me is what role do you play in your family? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I understood the role that I played in my family in relation to my other family members, but also based off of my career and stuff, I understood why it was so hard for me to be in a relationship, to be attracted to the right kind of men, because I'm attracted Mm -hmm. to all the wrong kinds of men. And Mm -hmm. if you want a bit more specifics, just to give you like an understanding, because it really does help when you ask yourself that question. I was always the mediator of my family. Mm -hmm. And why is that? The mediator, because I was so used to suppressing my emotions, because you have to be so strong when you're a performer. You, it's a cutthroat industry. It's like tennis. It's cutthroat. So if anything comes out at the wrong time, you're fucked. So basically, whenever there was a family drama, I was always the like shoulder to lean on because I was good at just dealing with dramatic situations, mm-hmm. which is why in my relationships, I attract someone who needs that crutch all the time to help them go through whatever. That's exhausting to have to deal with. The problem with getting yourself in those relationships is you're basically always shutting the fuck up.
1: I was in a relationship where I was always walking on eggshells and that was where I lost myself. The right person, I always like to say like you have to feel like whatever you do, you can never really fuck it up. Because it's just meant to happen.
0: Does it matter if you send this guy a message? No, it does not fucking matter. If a guy likes you, he likes you. And some someone asked me at the dinner table the other day, how should guys play it? Because girls don't like the nice guy. The nice guy always finishes last, or the douchey guy always like loses the girl's attention. If the chemistry is not there, the way that it's supposed to be, the girl's not even going to appreciate you being either nice or a douchebag. She's just not yeah, going. There. There's
1: no like nice guy or douchebag.
0: That's like just you explaining people that aren't good for you can you please tell everyone where they can find you your podcast your social media your twitter hilarious by the way oh thank you so everyone
1: can follow me at being burns b-e-i-n-g b-e-r-n-z i made it before i would like share it to people so it's a little complicated um and but that's twitter fate whatever um and then my podcast is burning in hell b-e-r-n-i-n
0: g in hell it's a comedy mental health podcast and thank you so much for having me diana of course everyone go support another badass bitch entrepreneur that's what we do and if you're not wanting to do that go fuck yourself um. <laughs>